Welcome to Mount Olive First Pentecostal Holiness Church. Thank you for connecting with us. In just a moment, Pastor Jeff will be sharing an uplifting and encouraging message that we pray will inspire you in your walk with God. Our desire at MOF PHC is for you and your family to find hope in Jesus Christ so that he will transform your life. Thanks again for connecting with us. Please contact us if we can help you discover God's purpose for your life. Enjoy the message. You go ahead and turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Titled my message today, Made New. Made New. Today's a special day because we're celebrating life change. We've already taken in new members this morning, and there was actually a few more that were supposed to be here, but due to illness, they were unable to be here. And then we're baptizing 10 people this morning right after this service. We hope you'll stay around. It's a special, special time. Uh, I have assured everybody that's getting baptized, we've never lost one yet. But the, it could, the day could be a first. We don't know. But uh, it's going to be a great time. We're baptizing 10. But yes, listen, in the month of April... We had over uh, 50-some people who made new commitments or rededicated their life to Jesus Christ in the month of April. We praise God for people who have been made new and their life has been changed. And that's what I want to focus on today in this message titled, Made New. Made New. Say new. new. Made New. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, I want to share with you a verse that I know all of us are familiar with. But I want to bring it into its context. Uh, this is the Apostle Paul. He has written a letter to the Corinthian church. This is actually his second letter. He's written a second letter to reiterate some things to them. One being he's defending his own apostleship, uh, his own walk with God from those that are trying to uh, rebuke his calling, if you will. And then at the same time in this passage uh, in chapter 5, verse 17... Paul is telling these believers, uh, the Corinthian believers, that this right here, what I'm about to tell you, is the central message of Christianity. It's the very central message of what it's all about being a Christian found in verse 17. But I want to pick up in verse 14 and read to you in context. It says here, Paul speaking, For Christ's love compels us. Some translations say Christ's love controls us. I hope... The love of God controls you. It says, For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that Jesus died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all, listen to this, that those who live live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view, Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Listen to this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. That's the central message of the Christianity right there. That's the the main message right there. That through Jesus Christ, the old has passed away and everything has become new. And, And if you keep reading on in verse 18, it says this. All this is from God. 
No man can work it out. No man can save you. No man can make you new again. No church can do that for you. No program can do it. No conference, no system can do it. Only God can make you new again. He's the one that makes all things new. In Revelation 21.5, it says this. Jesus spoke these words. He says, Behold, I make all things new. Jesus said, I make all things new. Write these words down. They're true and faithful. Friend, listen to me this morning. Jesus makes all things new. Not some things, not part of the things, but all things are made new in Christ. It doesn't matter if you showed up here this morning and you're like the Apostle Paul and your testimony is that I am the chief of sinners. It doesn't matter what you've done in your past or where you are when you showed up here this morning. It doesn't matter, friend. Jesus can make you new again. He can make you new again. It doesn't matter this morning if you're suffering from some kind of affliction that you've dealt with for years and for years. Jesus makes all things new. He can make you new. He can make your body new again this morning. It doesn't matter if you've been living in darkness and chained by your past like that uh, man who was possessed by demons in that cemetery that we read about in the Bible. It doesn't matter how dark it's been in your life. It doesn't matter what kind of chains are holding you down, friend. Jesus can make all things new for you today. It doesn't matter if you're like Lazarus, dead in the grave. Jesus can speak a word and He can make all things new again. He can bring you back to life again today. And that's been my prayer. That's my prayer coming into this service today that Jesus would make all things new in somebody's life today. Maybe you need uh, a new walk with God. Maybe you need a new season. Maybe you need a new heart because you've never surrendered it to Jesus Christ. I'm believing today that Jesus is going to do something new in your life. But listen to me. In order for any of us to embrace this new life in Christ, you got to let go of the old life. you got to come to the cross of Christ and that old life has to be crucified and buried. And then you have to embrace that new life through the resurrecting power of Jesus Christ. He is the one that can raise you back up to life. He is the one that can give you new life. He is the one that makes all things new. Jesus is. And the first thing that you need to know about this new life and this new walk and this new season is that before any of that begins, you have to have a new heart, a new birth, if you will. Do you remember in the Bible, there was a man by the name of Nicodemus. And Nicodemus was a very religious man. He was very knowledgeable in the scriptures. And he came to Jesus at night and had a bunch of questions about Jesus and about life. And many scholars wonder why Nicodemus came to Jesus at night. Maybe because he was fearful of what his peers would think about him. Or maybe he came to Jesus at night because Jesus would probably be alone and he could have some one-on-one -on -one time to speak to Jesus. But listen to me, friend. This is how the Lord hit me. It doesn't matter to me if he went to Jesus out of fear. It doesn't, mean, it doesn't matter to me if he went to Jesus out of curiosity. The main thing is, is that he went to Jesus. Amen. And Jesus is the one that can solve anybody's problems, any of life's questions. He went to Jesus. Because he was searching for something. He was searching for something. He knew the scriptures. He knew what it was to have religion. But he knew there was something he was searching for that was more. And some of you have showed up this morning here at this church and you're searching for something more. You know there's something more than what you find in the bottom of a beer bottle. You, you know there's something more than what you find in a pill bottle. 
You know there's something more than some kind of wild relationship with this one or that one. You know there's something more than what the world can offer you, friend. And that's something more. His name is Jesus. And he's the only one that can satisfy your soul. Only Jesus. He's the one that you're searching for. And he's here today, friend. If you seek out him, you'll find him. Jesus looked at Nicodemus and he said, Nicodemus... There's only one way you can see the kingdom of God, and you have to be born again, Nicodemus. You have to be born again. What does born again mean? Nicodemus even asked that question. Well, we call it around here, we call it conversion, where your life has been changed by the power of God. You've accepted Christ into your life. You've confessed your sins. You've asked him to forgive you. And now you've surrendered everything to him, and now you've been converted, and you no longer walk that way, but you walk in repentance, trusting in God. We call it being saved. I don't care whether you call it conversion. I don't care whether you call it repentance or whether you call it being saved. But the main thing is, have you been born again? 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 again? Because that's the main thing. Have you been born again? Do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? I can only imagine what Nicodemus was thinking. Here Jesus is telling Nicodemus that you need to be saved. Wait a minute, I'm the one that's the most religious here. I'm the one that knows uh, the, the scriptures. I'm the one uh, who goes through all the rituals. I'm a religious man. I, I imagine Nicodemus was just uh, stunned by what Jesus was telling him. I mean, I can see Jesus telling uh, the thief on the cross who's paying the price for his crimes. I can see you telling him that he needs to be saved. I, I can see you telling that woman who's caught in adultery that she needs to be saved. But you're talking to me, Nicodemus. And the reason that Jesus told Nicodemus that he needed to be born again is because he could see the heart of Nicodemus. And he could see a man's heart that was covered in tradition, covered in religion, but was missing the one and true thing, and that was a relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. Let me ask you this morning, do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? I'm not talking about, did you come to church this morning? I'm not talking about, did you put something in the offering plate? I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about when you wake up in the morning, you walk with him, you talk with him. He's with you through all out the day. You have a fire, fervent, zeal relationship with Jesus Christ. He loves you, friend, and he desires that relationship with you. Nicodemus His reply back to Jesus was, how in the world, how in the world can a man as old as I am be born again? You see, Nicodemus was thinking in the natural. Nicodemus was thinking in the physical. But Jesus was talking about a supernatural work that the Holy Spirit does in you that changes your heart. We find the description of that in Ezekiel 36, 26 when we find out what it means to be born again. Ezekiel said this, God will give you a new heart and he'll put a new spirit within you. Let me ask you this morning, do we have any people here with a new heart and a new spirit within you because of what Christ has done? Go ahead and praise him. Hallelujah. We're going to be celebrating that in just a minute as well. That new birth, friend, listen to me. That new birth in Jesus Christ, it it doesn't happen because you walk through the doors and attend church. The, The new birth doesn't happen because you get water baptized. You realize that being baptized in water, that's not what saves you. That's just an outward testimony of what God has already done in your life. Friend, let me tell you this. You got to put away the religion and look for Jesus through a relationship. It doesn't come by good works. It doesn't come by trying harder. That new birth in Jesus Christ comes when you allow Christ to live in you and through you. 
And that new birth takes place when you receive Jesus by faith. The Bible says in John chapter 1, verse 12, To all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. You see, the good news for all of us today is that no matter whether you're like Nicodemus, that you're old and you're full of religion, or you're young and you don't know anything about God, it doesn't matter your past, what you've done in your life. It doesn't matter, friend. You can have new life in Jesus Christ. You can have a new start today. That should be good news for all of us, that Jesus is the one that can give us new life. I've been in some conversations with people before, several conversations with people, and they tell me this. You know, I'm, I'm trying to put the pieces back together in my life right now. I'm trying to put it all back together. And when I get some pieces put back together, I'll come and see you there at the church. And, and I'll think about, you know, giving my life to the Lord. Friend, that's completely backwards. You need to come through the doors and let Jesus fix you and put the pieces back together. Jesus is the one that makes all things new again. And he's the one that puts our life back together. And it's only by the power of God that you're transformed He's the only one that can make a true change in your life. Transformation comes through the Christ. That new life starts with a new birth. I, listen to me. I'm praying. Friend, listen to me. Please. If you're here today and you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, make sure things are right in your heart. Make sure that you've accepted him as your Lord and Savior. Don't, don't keep putting it off. Don't keep playing games. Make sure you're right with God. People ask me sometimes, is that all you know to say? Yeah, that's all I know to say because it's the most important thing. You got to make sure your life is right with Jesus Christ. <laughs> commit your life to Christ. I promise you, if you commit your life to Jesus Christ, he will make all things new again in his time and in his will. And when we're made new, not only do we receive a new birth, but we also receive a new walk in Christ. I want you to write this verse down, one of my favorite verses. Romans chapter 6, verse 4. Romans chapter 6, verse 4. It says this, Therefore we were buried with him, talking about Jesus, through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. So in other words, when Jesus comes into your life and there's been a, a born-again a conversion in your life, you've given your life to Christ, friend, now, now you've got a new heart, but also now you've got a new walk. You, you're not going to walk the way you used to walk. You're not going to talk the way you used to talk. You're not going to walk in the places that you used to walk into. You, you're going to walk in the way of holiness now. You're going to walk in the power of God now. You're going to walk in the love of God now. You're going to walk in the peace of God now. Hey, instead of walking in some of those places you used to walk, now you're going to walk through and come into church. Now you're going to walk into a prayer meeting. Now you're going to walk into a Bible study. Why? Because your whole life has been made new because of Jesus Christ. He can do it. It's a new walk. That word newness of life, that word newness actually means in the Bible different than before. Are you different than you were before? Can people look at you and say, I know there's been a change in that woman's life. I can look at that man and I can tell there's been a change in that man's life. There's something different than before. That should be the testimony of your life. There's a newness in your walk. Your walk should look different than your old walk. It says in Romans chapter 6, I want you to, uh, just to follow along in that verse I shared. It says, we are buried. Say buried. Buried with Jesus through baptism into death. In other words, if you're going to have this new walk in Christ, there's going to be some things in your life that you need to bury. 
I want you to pay attention now. There's going to be some things in your life that you need to bury. Some of you need to bury guilt this morning. You need to bury guilt. You need to realize that Christ has already paid the price on the cross. Your sins are forgiven. There's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. And if you have sinned and you showed up this morning, my Bible tells me if you confess your sins to him, he's faithful and just and will forgive you of all your sins. Friend, you need to bury guilt today. Bury guilt. Some of you need to bury your old attitude. Don't look at nobody. I'm seeing some, I'm picking up some vibes over here. Some of you need to bury your old attitude. Now, when you have a new heart, there's been a new birth in your life, and now you have a new walk, the Bible says that now you have the mind of Christ Jesus. We should be walking around with the greatest faith ever, friend, because of what Jesus has done for us. The Bible says he's able to do far above what we could ever ask or imagine. And because his promises tells us that he can do far above what we could ask or imagine, we should be walking around with the greatest faith today. A big faith, trusting God, trusting God to continue to work in our church, trusting God to do great and big things in our community. Friend, we should be believing for miracles today. We should be the most positive people that are walking on this planet because of our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. We're not focused on problems no more. We're not focused on uh, worries no more. We're focused on the one who is the problem sovereign. His name is Jesus. We need to have our old attitude to pass away, and we need to have a new attitude, a positive attitude. Some of y'all need a positive attitude like this old man I read about. This old man was talking to a friend. He said, I've had two bypass surgeries. I've had a hip replacement, both knees replaced. I'm blind in one eye, lost my hearing in both ears. I take 40 different medications that make me dizzy and subject to sudden blackouts. I have numbness in my hands, numbness in my feet, I have severe memory loss, but praise God, I still have my driver's license. I've seen him riding around in the parking lot a couple times. We need to be positive thinkers because of our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. God can do all things. He can do all things. So our attitude should be a positive attitude. Some of you need to bury your glory. Some of you need to bury your glory. Some of you need to swallow your pride and realize that you can't do it on your own anymore and you need to surrender your life to Jesus. Now that you have this new walk in Christ, you need to realize it's not about you. It's never been about you or anybody else anyway. It's always going to be about Jesus. You want to tweet or write this down, I'd frame it. It's not about what you can do for God, but it's about what God can do through you all for his glory. It's all about Jesus receiving the glory. You see, now that you're walking in this walk, this new walk in Christ, yourself needs to be buried. Self-promotion needs to be buried. It's not about promoting any person. It's about promoting Jesus Christ and proclaiming Him. It's about self-reliance being buried. The Lord's been speaking to me about this, about self-reliance. I believe that self-reliance is one of the key killers in God moving in such a powerful way in this church today. Because people think, well, here's the issue, here's what's going on, let me get in and I can fix it. When Jesus is saying, quit relying on yourself, back away and let me get in there and I'll show you what a true move of God looks like. So self-reliance needs to be buried. The Bible says that God's power is made perfect in our weakness. It says that apart from Christ that we can do nothing. So we need to get out of the way, friend. God, help us to get out of the way so he can move in our life. Some of you... 
need to bury grudges. You've been holding on to some things in your life way too long. Some of you have been holding on to it for months. Some of you have been holding on to it for years. And it's caused heartache and it's caused a lot of pain in your life. And here's a word from the Lord. Now that you're walking with a new heart, now that you're walking in a new walk, friend, you got to let it go. You got to let it go. I I know it hurt. I know it didn't feel good. I know you struggle with it. But in the name of Jesus and this new walk with him, you have to let it go. And you have to move on in Jesus. The Bible says in Colossians 3, chapter 13, to bear with each other and forgive whatever grievance you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Did you hear what I just said? Forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. Jesus said these words. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Listen to me. Part of the new walk is burying grudges. Friend, listen to me. If you don't bury the grudges, the grudges are going to bury you. You got to let it go. And you got to move on in the name of Jesus. This new walk is all about Christ working through you so he'll get all the glory. And this new walk is going to look different than the old walk because Jesus makes all things new. And I want you to meet a man, a real life story of a man who's been made new through Jesus Christ. Let's welcome Matt Sessoms to the stage. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Pastor. Good morning. Good morning. God is good, isn't he? Amen. Uh have I got any youth in the house? Is there any, any teenagers in the house? Well, I see you back there, Kelly. You're still younger than I am. Look, l- let me give you a word of advice. If you're struggling today with self-worth, don't look to any boy, don't look to any girl to give you your worth. Amen. Don't let your performance determine whether somebody loves you. Hmm. You need to run to Jesus. Amen. He is the only one that's going to ever love you. Look, he's already paid the price. Amen. He already knew what you were going to do before you were ever born, and he loved you anyway. Yes, God. Don't do like I did. Don't turn to drugs and alcohol. You see, when I was young, I struggled to fit in. I wasn't real athletic, and I surely weren't real smart. And by the end of my testimony, you'll really probably agree with me. But at an early age, at ages probably 16, 17 years old, I started using alcohol. By the time I was uh, legally old enough to buy alcohol, I had already had five DWIs, and I was on my way to prison. Not only was I on my way to prison, but I had uh, lost my driver's license forever. They said, Matt, you'll never get another driver's license as long as you live. So when I went to prison, I got out of prison. Did I learn anything? No. Uh, Along with alcohol, I started using marijuana, started uh, using cocaine. Uh, Then I was introduced to methamphetamines. Uh, By the time I was 25 years old, I was on my way to prison again. I had a long list of felony drug charges. I'd been arrested and... uh, The SBI came and picked me up. I already knew they were coming. I had been to a place. I mean, I I was in, I I know, 
you're probably thinking right now, drugs and alcohol is a choice, and it is a choice. The first, the first one is a choice. The first drink of alcohol is a choice. The first pill that you take is a choice. Uh, the first, first pot you ever smoke is a choice. But see, after a while, you keep making that choice. It becomes a habit. And a habit becomes who you are. See, I was, stuck, I was stuck in a situation where I thought either it was going to be either death or it was going to be prison. I had been into a place in my life to, that I had been so low that I had put a gun to my own head. And I said, Lord, if this is all there is, I don't want to live anymore. Hmm. I said, I can't take it. And that's a desperate place. Hmm. But God loved me so much that he reached down in that fire in the depths of hell and he pulled me out. Mm. In 1999, my daddy, he came to this church. He was in ICU with cirrhosis of the liver. He was going to die. The doctors gave him zero chance to live. Zero. His liver had quit. He told us, they called the family in and said, you might as well go ahead. I had an appointment at the funeral home. Yep. And me and my uncles, we sat down. We decided that my daddy don't want to live this way. If you're keeping him alive, let's let him go. Well, he was in the induced coma. They woke him up. They took him off everything that was uh, kind of keeping him alive. They kept him comfortable. He woke up, uh, the preacher went in, he had a, uh, a trach in his throat where they were breathing for him. Uh, he couldn't talk, but he could shake his head. Pastor went in, talked with him about his soul. He received Jesus into his life. Praise God. Two days later, he was in his own room. Two weeks later, he was at home. <laughs> Fourteen years later, he was still here. He was sitting right where Miss Lisa Lewis is Hallelujah. Sitting. Yeah. <clears throat> That's the new life. Amen. That's the new life that he gives us. But I was still struggling. Mm. I was still lost in, in drug addiction and alcohol abuse. I was still making decisions based on what I wanted to do and how I felt. But God's got a funny way of getting a hold of you. Mm. I mean, I was still, man, this, is this all there is? Me and my wife, we talked about it night after night after night. This, we've got to do something different. I almost lost my marriage. I almost lost the kids that the Lord had entrusted me with. Mm. All because of decisions I was making. Till finally one day, God, I don't know, <laughs> he came after me, Pastor Grace. Jeff. He came after me. He, he began to open my eyes. Every sign I drove by was talking to me. Every church sign that I drove by, it was like a, a neon light flashing. It's time to get saved. I mean, it was, everything was speaking to me. People started knocking on my door, inviting me to church. And we talked about it, and we talked about it. But, you know, when you're in that lifestyle and you're partying Saturday night and you stay up half the night uh, drinking and, and using drugs, uh, Sunday morning when it's time to get up and go to church, the devil's going to throw everything at you in the world to keep you away from going to church. He's mm. going to tell you you've got to, you got to fix yourself before you go to church. Everybody mm. in that church, if you show up to church, they're going to know exactly what you've done, who you are, and they're going to say you've got no business here. Mm. That's what the devil will tell you. Mm -hmm. That's like cutting your arm off. 
and trying to stop the bleeding before you decide to go to the doctor. It's crazy, right? It's crazy. I showed up here. I sat right there beside my daddy. And Pastor Doug Bartlett was preaching right here. It was when he was still preaching here. And that man was preaching right at me. I mean, it was just like I'm looking at you, Gary Best. And every word he said was piercing my heart. I'd leave out of here with a pocket full of tissues, man. I mean, I slobbered and snotted everywhere <laughs> back there. But I wouldn't let go. I wouldn't let go, man. I bet you there's still, I told earlier, I said, I bet there's fingernail marks under that pew right there where I held on. See, I thought I had to do it myself. I didn't know I could come to Jesus and he would clean me up, that he would do the work. Well, finally, after, I don't know, Pastor Doug said, I thought you'd never get saved. Yeah. <laughs> I finally came to this altar. Man, I ran, I ran to this altar one morning, me and my wife both, and we got on our knees and we got saved. Amen, yeah. Has it been easy? No, it ain't been easy, but has it been worth it? Yes. Yes. It's been worth it. My best day with Jesus, I mean, my best day without Jesus is, is uh, not nothing compared to my worst day with him. Yeah. Amen. But today, um, I've been saved 15 years, well, 14 years January, I've been clean and sober. Praise um, God. This morning, I was able to drive here. Yeah, I told you that. I was able to drive here this morning with a legal, uh, a valid driver's license, that is. Uh, not only now do I, um, I'm, I serve on the church council. I'm a deacon here at the church. I also um, help out at CR. I'm a ministry leader at Celebrate Recovery. Uh, I sit around uh, the table with the church council here. Uh, me, yeah, me. Not only that, um, just this past year, uh, the church denomination over the whole church of the IPHC, they choose one layperson to serve on the EVUSA, which is the Evangelism USA Council, is in Oklahoma City. Somehow, I was selected for that position, the mm -hmm. only layperson that serves on that council for four years. Uh, January, they flew me to Oklahoma to sit around a table with the bishops over all the ministries that serve in the IPHC. Hmm. Me, Matt Sessoms, a recovering alco uh, alcoholic, recovering addict, a, a, a felon. And you know what? I, I felt so, I know I'm taking up more than five minutes, You're Pastor fine. Jeff. Go ahead. It's all right. I sat around that table and I felt so humbled by what God has done in me. But the bishop, Gary Bryant, he said to me, he said, we're all sinners saved by grace. Amen. He said, all sin is sin to God. The Bible says that we've all fallen and we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That we're all in need of a Savior. The Bible is a book of recovery. From Genesis to Revelations, God is restoring us to himself. He's already paid the price. You have never gone too far. You've never done too much. What you think about yourself doesn't matter to God. He loves you. Yes. He sees you. But not only did I sit around the table with all the bishops, but I also have a table placed in heaven. Jesus said, I go to prepare you a place. Yes, God. Yeah, amen. Just to give him some praise. Not only do I sit around the table with those guys, but I have a table that's prepared for me to sit around with Jesus, and you do too. But it's up to you. 
It's all based on your choice. You have free will. God has gave us free will because he wants, to love, he wants us to love him out of our heart. He's paid the price. If you're here today and you're struggling, not only with addiction, but you're struggling with life. Mm. Life is hard. You can't do it alone. If you're here today and you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you need to run to this altar and get on your knees. Yes, God. You don't need to leave this place. God, I'm telling you. God, thank you, Jesus. Life is short. Mm. Eternity is forever. And you're going to spend it somewhere. Choose heaven. Amen. Choose Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thanks. Great job, brother. Praise God. Amen. To God be the glory. And we're grateful for that new heart, that new birth, that new walk. And Matt's in a new season in his life. Amen. And that's what the Lord's laid on my heart for all of us here today, really. That some of you would have a new season today. A new season would begin for you. Some of you have come through some of the roughest times here in the past few months, past few years. You've been in a rough season. But the word, the word of the Lord for you today is, friend, there's a new season beginning for you today. A new season. Isaiah chapter 43 says this. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. That's a word for somebody today. He says, the Lord says this. I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Some of y'all have been in the wilderness for months and years now, weeks. Some of you have been in a wasteland. You feel like you've wasted years. You feel like you've wasted time. You feel like you've wasted resources. But friend, the word of the Lord for you today is He has a new season for you. Some of you have been going through a season and you've been shedding tears through your praise and through your prayers. Some of you have been going through a, such a rough season that you, don't, you didn't even know how to pray. But thank the Lord somebody was praying for you. God's here to tell you today, friend, He's about to bring you through a new season. Some of you have been through some rough times. Listen to me. Please listen to me. God sees you right there where you're at. He knows what's going on in your life, friend. And He's not finished with you. It's not over. He's not finished. The Bible tells me that. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, it says, Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Friend, he started a work in you. You've gone through some seasons in your life, but he's not done with you yet. He's going to bring it to completion. Don't give up. Don't quit, friend. Today is a new season for you. It's a new season of praise. A new season today of deeper prayer. A new season today of rest. Some of you need a new season today of victory. You've been fighting. You've been fighting. You've been fighting. The devil won't leave you alone. It seems like everything around you has been a battle lately, friend. Today is a new season of victory for you. It's a new season of restoration. Some of you have some things in your life right now, and man, they are in shambles. They are broken. Families broken. Homes broken. Things broken at work. Things broken on the inside of your life and on the inside of your mind. Friend, today is a new season of restoration for you.